1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you are Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however, however you were led. Therefore, I make, I make known to you that no one speaking of the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is awesome, powerful, mighty, Lord God, exciting. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in us and through us tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are coming and you have come and filled us and flooded us. Now I pray that you would continue to lead me and guide me, speak to me, Lord God, and I pray that you would open the hearts, Lord God, of everyone to receive uh, uh, tonight, that, that you would speak to them and make your word uh, uh, real to them and tangible to them. Lord God, in the grace to apply this to our lives and to become more intimately acquainted with you, Holy Spirit. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray amen amen well as uh you know y'all have heard in the in the last few weeks and might have seen on facebook today tonight we're kicking off a new series a wednesday night series pastor kelly and myself uh will be kicking off a series called the nine the nine dealing with the nine spiritual uh, uh the nine gifts of the spirit the nine gifts of the spirit um in the coming weeks Pastor Kelly and myself, we're going to cover um, uh, all nine gifts that we just read here in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. But before we attempt to understand the gifts, uh, the work, and the power of the Holy Spirit, we must first know who He is. Amen? So we're going we're gonna to lay some groundwork tonight, and we must first know who the Holy Spirit is. In John chapter 14 and verse 26 In the Amplified, Jesus said this, But the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, and to bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Everything I have told you. Now, I want to make some upfront statements That will hopefully become clearer as the night goes on. As we continue with this message of who the Holy Spirit is tonight, talking about who He is, and then we're going to get into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to make some upfront statements. First, there is virtually no Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is dry. uh, uh, It's it's mundane. um, It's monotone. Without the Holy Spirit, our labor is draining and wearisome. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no fellowship with God. It's monotonous. Amen? Second, the Holy Spirit does not belong to a denomination, a movement. He cannot be confined to a generation or an age. He has been sent to reveal Jesus and to empower the entire body of Christ. 
Third, if we remove the Holy Spirit from church, one or two things will happen. It'll morph into a social club or it will become a religious institution. The truth is, there is no revelation without the Holy Spirit, no vision without Him, no joy, no peace, and no freedom without the Holy Spirit. And especially when we see no freedom, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 uh, uh, and 18 says this, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Before I go any further, I want to do this at the very beginning. Um, there, there are, we have a couple of books in the Resource Center on the Holy Spirit. One, this being The Holy Spirit, and Introduction by John Bevere. This is in the Resource Center. Great book. I got some stuff tonight I was studying for tonight in this book. Also, Pastor Robin Morris's book, The God I Never Knew. Both of these, How Real Friendship with the Holy Spirit Can Change Your Life. Both of these are excellent books, very good books. Highly recommend. Once again, they're both in the Resource Center. Just to continue, as obviously, you know, me and Pastor Kelly were talking, there's so much... That, that can be said even tonight, even as I, I go just on who the Holy Spirit is. There's so much in depth in the Word of God. I pray that tonight that, that you, 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 uh, begin a new hunger for who He is and to know the Holy Spirit and, and, and to want to dive in more into your Word and, and, and maybe these books to find out and to know who the Holy Spirit is. So as I go, continue to go there, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, first, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person. In John 14, 15, and 17, the New Living Translation, Jesus said, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be with you. Did you notice that Jesus said either him or he six times? Did you catch that? Him. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is crucial that we establish and believe that the Holy Spirit is a divine person who is infinitely holy, infinitely wise, and infinitely mighty, yet wonderfully tender, sensitive, and compassionate. Amen? You know, along these lines, one of the reasons many have a wrong perception of who the Holy Spirit is is because of the way He's been spoken of. How many of you have heard or maybe even said yourself referring to the Holy Spirit as it? As it. We, we've said or you've heard, yeah, well, the Holy Spirit, it did this and it, when it shows up, He is not a it. He is a person. Amen. And this is one of the things, you know, that that even in charismatic circles, how the Holy Spirit, who he is, has been distorted or just him in general, his working and everything has been kind of even in the charismatic churches, the 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 um, Pentecostal churches has been distorted the way we look at him. We need to remember and first of all, know that he is a person. Now, I want to note that in calling the Holy Spirit a person, I'm not calling him human. What I'm saying is that he possesses attributes of what we would consider to be a personality. Amen? Some people have chosen to view him as an holy entity rather than the one who is most holy. They, they, they look at it and see the Holy Spirit as a holy entity, like a force or, a, or you know, um, an, an energy, so to speak. But listen, the Holy Spirit is deity. He's not an entity. Amen? He is deity. He's not an entity. His desire, church, is to be our closest friend. 
Some have inadvertently rejected the most fulfilling relationship available to us. Because they have rejected the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are y'all tracking with me tonight? I want to give you some scriptures. Now listen, I want you to, I want you to write these down. Um, I think, I don't know, I think those, those are uh, it up there. Doug, are those, are those the ones? Um, uh, and you can jot down. I wanted to actually put, put uh, you know, what I'm about to say next to the scriptures. But if you can jot these down, uh, some of the scriptures that perfectly illustrate the personality of the Holy Spirit. He has a mind. You can see that Romans 8, 28. I'm going to jot these down there up there. But next to the scripture, if you can jot it down, he has a mind. It says in Romans 8, 27. I'm sorry. He has a will. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. He has emotions such as love and joy. We can see in, in Romans 15, 30 talks about that the love of God that's been given to us by him. Or the Galatians with the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. He comforts. The, Jesus tells us that he's the comforter. Acts 9, 31. He speaks. Hebrews 3, 7. He speaks clearly. It says in 1 Timothy 4, 1. He teaches. 1 Corinthians 2.13. He can be made to feel sorrow. Ephesians 4.30. A lot of us have heard the scripture said to not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Not to bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. You know, I remember reading something about a lady years ago that was up uh, on a platform preaching and teaching about the Holy Spirit. And she was up there weeping saying, please, please don't grieve him. Please don't grieve him. Like she, like it was, it was someone like, you know, that she, you were making sad, like a husband or a friend or something. He can be ins- insulted. Hebrews 10, 29. He can be resisted. Acts 8, I'm sorry, 7, 51. And he can be lied to. Acts 5, 1 through 11. We see that. We saw the story of Ananias and Sapphira, when they lie, whenever they sold property and, and they brought it to the apostles and they said, you know, yeah, is this the, all the money that you got? And they said, yeah, uh, it is all of it. And they said, you're not lying to us, but you're lying to the Holy Spirit. We said, well, Brandon, how can, how can you, you lie to God? He knows everything. Well, you still can lie to him. He knows you're lying, <laughs> but you can still lie to him, right? Don't you ever had your kids lie to you, but you knew they were lying, right? But he's a person. All of these things are attributes of a person, of his personality, Season Arthur and lifelong pastor A.W. Tozer said this, The Holy Spirit is not enthusiasm. He is a person. Put that down in capital letters, that the Holy Spirit is not only a being having another mode of existence, but he himself a person with all the qualities and powers of personality. He is not matter, but he is substance. The Holy Spirit has Will and intelligence and feeling and knowledge and sympathy and ability to love, to see, to think and hear and speak and desire the same way as any person. You see, that sounds that that's more than just an energy source, right? Or an an, an energy force or or, or an entity. The Holy Spirit, he is a person, which leads us to the next thing we need to know and to realize is that he is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Bible makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Notice God didn't say, Let me make man. He said, Let us. Who was he talking about? There wasn't nobody else there. Right? He said, Let's, Let us. Plural. The, the triune God, the Godhead. 
Creation required all three distinct persons of the Godhead, and God was referring to himself as both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can see in Acts 10.38 the distinct identification of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And let me say this. Let Let me stop for a minute. I just thought about something I read. You know, he's the third person of the Godhead, but actually the Holy Spirit was the first person mentioned in the Bible. He was the first part of the, the first, uh, uh, person of the Godhead to be mentioned because in Genesis 1 it says that the earth was null and void and that the Spirit of God hovered across the face of the earth. Amen? So he was actually the first player or actor on the scene, so to speak. I read one author that said that, you know, the, in the, the, the drama of creation as it unfolded needed the, all three actors, uh, in this being the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38 says this, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. In in this verse, we witness three distinct persons working together for one common purpose. Amen? Y'all tracking with me? Amen? Are y'all live tonight? Come on, I feel like I got on stage and y'all got quiet. Y'all making this even more awkward for me now. This three-in-one concept, is, this is kind of hard for us to, to really wrap our brains around. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard, hard uh, thing uh, that divides human understanding. I've heard it put uh, a few different ways, you know, and, and I think you can do it all. You know, water has three different parts. You know, where it, it, it can form, you know, a solid or a gas, you know, or a liquid, depending on which, you know, the temperature. The, the temperature is the only thing that, that will um, change H2O, as we know, as water, or like an egg, you know. An egg is 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 right is one an egg is one thing one what is it it's not a a protein I don't know something that comes from a chicken but it's got a shell a, a shell a yolk and a white right three different parts of an egg but if you separate any part of the egg it, it wouldn't be an egg correct. And so, and I guess the best description and we'll go into a little more about how they operate. The best description is us. The Bible says that we are made in God's image, but we're a body, soul, and spirit, correct? You can't separate yourself from any one of those. You know, we're one person with three different beings the same way. Now, how they function, how the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit function, we can see it. First Corinthians, I just read it. I'm going to read it actually in the King James Version. First Corinthians 12, 5 and 7 gives us some insight on how the three work together. First Corinthians 12, 5 says, And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In this passage, we discover the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all serve different roles. We see here that the Father operates or initiates, the Son administrates, and the Holy Spirit manifests. Yet all of them work together for the same purpose. Are y'all, y'all follow me? Y'all catch me? I know this is more of a teaching tonight than me preaching. So y'all, y'all, y'all tracking with me? Is the class still awake? Any sleeping students? That I, I need somebody to hit you behind your head or anything? All right. Just checking. You know, think about it this way. We've started, we've started our children's building. Matter of fact, today they actually poured the concrete in the, the retaining wall. 
when we when we built uh, when we started this project, we had to hire an architect to draw up the plans and get everything going. Then we had to hire a contractor to uh, you know to to get everybody together to, and then we had to which they do it, but ultimately we hire workers or our, our, our um, subcontractors, right? So using this illustration. Uh, the, the builders, the subcontractors, is actually the ones that build the building. God the Father would be like the architect. Jesus is the contractor. And the Holy Spirit is the workers who actually build the building. Amen? To kind of put it in other words, he, the Holy Spirit, he's the one who carries out everything God is doing on earth. This is where I really want to stop for a minute. Me and Pastor Kelly were talking about that. It surprised me even hearing someone that has been saved in the church for a long time talking about this. I think this is where people maybe get a little bit, a little bit confused about the Holy Spirit. Everything that God is doing on the earth, everything that God does on the earth is by His Spirit. Is Jesus on earth anymore? Has anybody ever seen God the Father? No. Can you put a full grown man into your heart? People say, Jesus is in my heart. Well, I've never seen, that's kind of, that's weird. I've never seen a full-grown man climbing to somebody's chest. No, the spirit of Jesus is in your heart. Amen? So we see that. Everything, you know, people, and, and, and we'll talk about Jesus. We'll talk about the Father. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit in certain areas. I'll give you a good example of how the Holy Spirit has been distorted even in the church. I was listening to a radio station and, and, and a pastor that I actually respected, uh, and it was listening to a message one day, and he was saying, uh, he was talking about the Holy Spirit, and he, he stopped and he said, now we got to be careful. We don't worship the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. We don't worship the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, bro, you're saying you don't worship God then. He is God. That's why I love that we sing, you know, uh, Holy Spirit, come and flood this place. And he says, your glory, God. I love even that song refers to the Holy Spirit as God. You call that? Holy Spirit, come and flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. We're singing to the Holy Spirit. He is God. Everything that God does. Listen, when you feel God's presence, that's the Holy Spirit. Whenever someone gets healed, that's the Holy Spirit. Whenever somebody gets, gets set free from bondage and addiction, that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. He is the one that does the work. Like I said, in, 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 in natural terms, you know what? Mr. Beasley's our architect. He's not out here with a hammer and nail. Even Mr. Mr. Binks is a contractor. He's a contractor, but he comes here and slacks in a button down. He ain't hammering nothing. He has workers. He has subcontractors that are actually pouring this, this concrete and they're going to actually be building the building. It is the Holy Spirit of the living God that is doing every bit of work. Everything that God does, I know I'm hammering this home. <laughs> no pun intended on that. I'm hammering this home tonight that he is the Holy Spirit that is working throughout the earth. And everything that we say, when you say, you know, um, uh, God spoke to me or whatnot, let me, let me give you an example. Whenever God speaks to us, somebody, you might say, man, I felt God speak to me. God spoke to me. I felt God told me this. Mark chapter 13, verse 11, Jesus said, but when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance what to say. Listen to this. Just say what God tells you at that time, for it would not be you that will be speaking, but who? The Holy Spirit. He says, speak what God tells you. Then he said, it won't be you. He didn't say God. Then he said the Holy Spirit. He's saying, listen, the, Jesus is making it clear right there. That, that scripture sums it up. 
the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? Listen, some people say, man, I would have loved to walk with Jesus. I, if, I, if I was alive when Jesus was alive, I would have loved to walk with him and, and, and asked him this, this question or that question. You know what? You can ask the Holy Spirit anything you would have asked Jesus. Everything that Jesus was to his disciples, the Holy Spirit is to us. Matter of fact, Jesus even said, it's better that I go away so that the Spirit of God can come. So that he can come and he, can, he will tell you things. He will reveal things. That's why you see the rest of the New Testament. We have the Gospels, but then that's why we have the rest of the New Testament. Because that was the Spirit of Jesus that was revealing all this to all the people that wrote the New Testament. He said, I, he's going to reveal even more. When I go away, he's going he's to tell you more. A lot of these scriptures we read. We read Jesus' words, but then we read the rest of, 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 of the Holy Spirit's words. Now that you know who the Holy Spirit is, you need to know that he wants to come alongside of you to help you. He wants to provide comfort, strength, direction, instruction, coaching, counsel, and comfort, among many other things. Once again, the Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. He don't want to just be some entity or or some force or something that you, you talk about like that he comes in and then leaves. The Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. How more, how much more intimate, excuse me, can you be with someone that's living on the inside of you? Amen? Think about that. I mean, me and my wife, we're very close. We live together. We live in the same house. We sleep in the same bed. I mean, we get, we get very close. You know, sometimes too close and, you know, covers get ripped and, you know, get kicked and all that. How, and we're, she's, she's the human being wise, she's the person that I'm the closest to on this earth. How much more intimate the one that's actually living on the inside of us? Are y'all tracking with me? Y'all, y'all getting where I'm getting at tonight? Remember John 14, 26. I want to read it again. Jesus said, but the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name or in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. He will cause you to recall and will remind you and bring to remembrance everything I have told you. So now that we know who the Holy Spirit is, he is a person and he is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. Everything that the Lord is doing on the earth, he's doing by his Holy Spirit. He wants to come alongside of us, be our closest friend, help us. The greatest way that he does this is by filling us with himself. Is by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, also known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So number two, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Before we go any further, listen, the reason I'm saying this tonight, and me and Pastor Kelly have been praying about it and talking about it, and, you know, he, he brought up a good point. Tonight we need to talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit before, as we're going to talk about it, and I know a lot of y'all are interested, some of y'all filled out on, you wanted to know some the cards hey, about the Holy Spirit and walking with him and the gifts and whatnot. The infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what initiates all of the gifts. You can't, I got one amen there. You can't walk or flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? You can't drive somebody's car if you're not inside the car, right? 
So to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, that's why tonight, as we, we the, 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 the last part of this message is about the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know this is where, you know, especially if you've come from another denomination like Pastor Kelly, he, he, he comes from a Baptist background. This is where people start checking out when we start talking about the infilling of the baptism. But it, I'm going to try to give you as much scripture as I can in 15 minutes to make it as clear as I can. Uh, the Lord's desire to, to fill you with his Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. This is not gene splicing here. If Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you think we do? Wow, y'all are good class, 100%. All got the right answer. Amen. If Jesus was filled with the Spirit, we know we need to be filled. Look at Luke 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Listen, Jesus hadn't done any miracles before he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's why I encourage you, read books, read, study what I'm saying. He needed the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus was filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and listen to this, was totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait, hold on, Brandon, time out. Come on, time out. Hold on. Jesus was God's son. What do you mean? Why did he need to be? He, he's equal with the Holy Spirit. We, you, you've been saying that. You said that in the first half of the message, that Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Why did Jesus need to be dependent upon the Spirit? Because when Jesus came down and took human form, he was and is God. But when he came down to earth, he emptied himself of all the God prerogative, which means all his rights, all his privileges, all his power. He emptied himself of that. He came down on earth as a man, as the ultimate example, and showed us how we can live this life with the Spirit's power. That's why the Bible says he was full of the Holy Spirit. He had to be filled with the Spirit. He had to be led. He would, Jesus was totally dis- dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Now, I will say this. The Bible says that the Spirit of God was poured out on Jesus without measure. That's awesome right there. Probably because I'm thinking, I'm sure there's more theological. Pastor Kelly can give you all that, I'm sure. But I'm thinking because, you know, he was sinless and spotless. He didn't have all the junk we have. So, you know, he didn't have anything blocking him from the full measure of God's spirit poured out. Because, listen, I read the Bible sometimes. I love it. We were talking about the other day. I was reading the other day again. I love whenever Jesus sitting with some Pharisees and, and it says the Pharisees thought this and Jesus answered their thoughts. I'm like, man, that's bad right there. He answered their thoughts, you know. But guess what? He was only able to do that, the Bible makes it clear, because the Holy Spirit showed him what they were thinking. Come on, y'all, y'all follow me, church? Jesus said these things that, we, that he did and even greater, we would be able to do. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit is on earth right now that was here when Jesus was here. The same Holy Spirit, he's in us. The same Spirit that was in Jesus. The Bible makes it clear that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of our mortal bodies. Come on, somebody. Now I'm preaching. Amen? If you hadn't noticed. The Holy Spirit, he, he, he wants to fill us. He wants to empower us. Listen, Ephesians 5.18 says this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine for that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen, that word filled right there means continuously filled. So for you out there that, that are filled with the Holy Spirit, got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we were singing it tonight about being filled. That word actually means be continuously filled. 
Every day. We're going to get more into the baptism in a little bit, but that word means to be continuously filled. Listen, whenever times get tough, when times get hard, when Maria was talking about that depression comes, don't try to drink away your depression. Come on, get filled with the Spirit to get that depression broken off of you. Come on, you get filled and empowered with the grace of God. Listen, you remember he's our comforter, our counselor. I help people drink to get comforted. Or they go to counseling. I'm not saying nothing wrong with counseling. We recommend people to Christian counseling. But listen, the Holy Ghost wants to do all of that. Believe me, I drank and drugged for many years when I was hurting. And I'd wake up in the morning and it was still there. There's no peace. Or like Tony Bernard says, there's no high like the most high. Amen? Because it's a high that never goes away, that never fails you. I'm telling you, it's, it's him, the Holy Spirit. Mark 1.8, John the Baptist said this, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John was speaking of Jesus as the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. I'm laughing because uh, every time I think about this, I think about Pastor Kelly. He, was at a, he came back from a youth encounter one time, and, and this little guy got baptized with the Holy Spirit. He's like, yeah, and Pastor Kelly baptized me with the Spirit. And knowing Pastor Kelly, he's like, no, it, that's like, theologically, that's not correct. It was Jesus. It wasn't me. He was thinking all that, you know, so we messed with Kelly because he, he baptized somebody with the Holy Spirit. The Bible makes it clear is Jesus is the baptizer. Amen. In a little bit, we're going to pray. We do pray and ask God to fill people with the Spirit. But, but when somebody will show you and somebody lays hands, we're not the ones baptizing. John makes it clear. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, some translations say. Amen? So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor Kelly is going to get into detail into this. Uh, I think it's going to be actually the last uh, week uh, on tongues. But speaking in tongues, praying in tongues is the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit's filling. I'm not going to spend too much time tonight like on actually talking about tongues and the purpose of tongues and the different kind of tongues. He's going to knock all that out of the park in a few weeks whenever we get to that. We're going to go in chronological order with all the nine gifts of the Spirit. But speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of the filling of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says this, New King James Version. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, look at Acts chapter 10. Acts 10, 44 through 46 says this. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to this message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. Look at this. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. You see that? You catch that? They knew that they were filled with the Spirit because they were praying in tongues. Because they were speaking in tongues and praising God, they knew that they had been filled with the Holy Ghost. That makes it very clear right there. Y'all tracking with me? Amen. This is not my own thoughts or my own agenda. This is what the Word of God says. 
They knew it. The evidence, the initial evidence of, 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 of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Now, like I said, we're going to get into nine gifts of the Spirit. I mean, peace, joy, all of these. I mean, when you see the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering, all these things are fruits of the Spirit. That, that, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, these things will begin to manifest in your life as well. But the initial way that, that people, that you know you fill with the Holy Ghost is through praying in tongues. So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? We're going to close here. We're going to, few, few, few ways here and then we're going to pray. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? First and foremost, you must receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior first. You got to be saved. You must be born again in order to be filled with God's Spirit. And, and I'm, let me just, well, let me, let me read this and I'm going to give you a side note on this as well. Remember in John, we read it at the beginning, John 14, 17, Jesus said, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. See, the world can't receive the Holy Spirit. Can the world receive Jesus? Yes. The world can receive Jesus. When we're lost, we, that's how we come into the kingdom. We receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But Jesus said the world can't receive the Holy Spirit because they're not saved yet. So the Bible makes it clear. Jesus makes it clear. You must be born again. If you're in here tonight, in a few minutes, we're going to close in prayer. And you must submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ tonight. If you're, if you, you're, you're intrigued and you're excited about, about knowing the Holy Spirit, walking with him, operating or knowing the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, you must get saved first. You must be born again in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tonight's your night. Amen. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Let me, let me say this too. On another side note, real quick. Some people say, well, yeah, well, when you get saved, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You get baptized with the Holy Spirit. In, in the book of Acts, I didn't write it down here, but in the book of Acts, at one point, whenever they had laid hands on some believers, uh, or they came to them, they asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you've believed? And, the, and, and they said, no, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. Actually, you know, Pastor Kelly, he was, he got some really good stuff on that. I don't know if that's going to come out in the next few weeks or, I don't know, it might come out on, on my next week, but, uh, we've, we've been gathering all kind of information, study and whatnot. But you know what? You know, what they were saying uh, along the lines was like, no, we, you know, didn't receive the Holy Spirit because we didn't know if the Holy Spirit was God like he was, like, like y'all are saying that he is. And it goes into, back into the vein of that. But it's two separate things. After they had this conversation, the Bible says that they laid hands on them and they got filled with the Holy Spirit and prayed in tongues. So they had already believed. They had already received Jesus at a separate time and then they received the Holy Spirit. It's a separate, a separate um, incident or a separate um, event. Amen. So number one, in order to receive the, the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you must be born again. You must be saved. You have to repent of your sins and submit your life, your will, and your everything to Jesus Christ. The second thing you must do is you need to repent of any, if, if you are saved, if you're a child of God, you need to repent of any deliberate and intentional pattern of disobedience in your life. Now, this is something I just caught as I was studying today that I've never really hit on. And I've, I've preached this message quite a few times on encounters and, and just in church and whatnot. Acts 5.32 says this, we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. See, you might be a believer in here tonight. I've prayed with many people that for some reason they don't get the Holy Spirit. They don't, they haven't prayed in tongues. There's some kind of block. I want to challenge you even now. If you want to get filled with the Spirit or you've, you've gotten prayer for it before and there's some kind of block, I want you to ask the Lord, is there any kind of outright disobedience in your life? 
Is this any, any disobedience, a pattern? Look, we're not going to be perfect. I'm not saying you got to be perfect. None of us would have the Holy Ghost if we were perfect. None of us, you know, amen, brother? But I'm saying, is there a deliberate, uh, 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 intentional pattern of disobedience in your life? Willful sin, any of that kind of stuff. Listen, one of, uh, uh, one of the greatest snares of disobedience in the lives of many believers is offense. Is when we pick up an offense and we don't let go of it. You know, John Bevere said that, that he's noticed multiple times that whenever people that are wanting to get filled with the Holy Spirit, he hits on offense and they forgive and release somebody for a wrong they've done, immediately the Holy Spirit manifests himself. So I want to encourage you, if, if you're holding unforgiveness, if you have an offense towards someone that you haven't let go, tonight's the night to do it. Amen? Not only so you can get filled with the Spirit of God and all that he has for you, but so you know what? You can, you can be released. Like a lot of y'all have heard this, you know, they say, uh, you know, unforgiveness and bitterness is like you drinking poison and hope that other person dies. It affects you. It don't affect the other person. You need to release that. And matter of fact, speaking of John Bevere, another good read for this, also in the uh, resource center, is the bait of Satan. John Bevere, he devoted a whole book on, on uh, offense, picking up offenses or unforgiveness. It's called the bait of Satan. We have that. It's by John Bevere in the resource center. And the last thing is simple. Simply ask in faith. Ask the, whole, the, ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. Luke 11, 11 through 13, Jesus said this. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who are perfect? To those who have been saved for at least five years. To those who are pastors. Is that what it says? To those who ask him. Obviously, these other two things, you need to be saved. We want to make sure we have no no disobedience and no sin in our our lives, no unforgiveness. But we need to come to the Lord and in faith ask him. That's it. Some feel unworthy to receive him. If you could make yourself worthy, then you wouldn't need him. Amen? Amen. If you were worthy to receive him, then you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit, but we all need him. Amen? Listen, if your desire tonight is for all that God has for you, um, then I want you to do the three things I just talked about that you need to do. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've prayed or you've maybe never even heard about or you've heard crazy things about And listen, I understand that the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, it, it has been, you know, they got some wackadoos out there. Let me just say that. Okay, <laughs> that have that have 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 you know made the Holy Spirit to be out to be you know uh, emotionalism like like you know A. A. W. Tozer said it's not enthusiasm it's not now you know I'm not saying all that stuff is is wrong but you know what uh, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater if you had a bad experience uh, uh, people saying that it was the Holy Spirit or praying in tongues or doing some crazy stuff listen hopefully tonight. You can come and look at the scripture. And listen, I want to give you another good resource. Just hit my mind. Because for me, Brother Francis, and we give this book in our love, in, in our, my, the grow class that I teach, um, he wrote a small book, Brother Francis Martin, a fine pastor, called The Spirit in You. That is an awesome book. It's, it's, it's like 15, 20 pages, literally. It's, it's like a thick devotional. But it's an amazing book. When I first got saved... I remember hearing people praying in tongues. Well, before I got saved, actually, they had the college and career age group that I would go to. And uh, 
And I remember it was New Year's Eve. I'll never forget it was New Year's Eve. And they invited me to go. And so I went. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I didn't have no, this is where the Lord was drawing me. I didn't have no plans. So I, I went to hang out with all these Christians. Man, we had a great time. We had a blast. We played games. We had fun. We laughed. And about 20 minutes to, to 12, it's like, hey, before the New Year starts, let's pray. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I grew up Catholic. So I was like, we can pray. Say some, our Father's Hail Mary. Let's, let's roll. That's cool. Let's get in this circle and we start. Let's pray. So we prayed, we started praying, or they started praying, and a lot of them started praying in tongues. And I freaked out. I, and I literally had the thought, I opened my eyes like, man, I thought this was a bunch of Christians. This sounds like a seance in here. Like, what is going on? And it freaked me out. I had no idea what was going on. Then I got saved. I started coming to church, and I heard people praying in tongues. And it was still a little freaky to me, I'll be honest. And you know what? When I went through the, back then they were called the one-on-one classes and I was talking to my mom about the Holy Spirit and, and who he was and what was praying in tongues, she suggested that little book. And I'm telling you, that little book by Brother Francis, that, that blew the doors wide open for me. I understood more. I understood he brought more scripture to it. Now we have, I mean, I suggest that book. We have other books by great men of God that will explain who the Holy Spirit is. So listen, if you need more understanding, there's resources. But I just want to encourage you. Listen, we're going we're gonna to pray now. Acts 8, 5, uh, 15 through 17. I'm, I'm going to close with this scripture. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. That's, enough, uh, that's again, showing you that salvation and receiving the Holy Spirit is two different things. They had only been baptized. Nobody's going to get baptized if they hadn't been saved, right? So they were baptized because they got saved. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them uh, upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. That's why it's biblical that tonight as we close, if you want to come up, we'll lay hands on you. Myself, Pastor Kelly, Max, Brother Francis, and, and Miss Mary, and my wife, and other altar workers, Pastor Rob, if he's in here, um, any, any altar workers to come and help us to pray. You know, once you open yourself up to the Spirit, don't expect, if you've never, you know, prayed in tongues, that, that the Lord is just going to grab your tongue and make it happen. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman who will never push himself on you. He will lead you and guide you. You know, he will give you the words, utterance. It might be syllables or sounds or fragments of words. But listen, you must yield to him. And whatever you feel, start. Jesus said rivers of living water will flow from your innermost building. You'll, you'll sense in your spirit something dwelling up in you. And whatever syllable he may give, then just flow with that. But you must yield to him in three areas. Your lips, your tongue, and your vocal cords. If you want to pray in the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray in a minute. Why don't you stand up with me and let's close. First and foremost first order of business once again you must be saved first every head bowed every eye closed don't matter if I'm on the floor if you have your eye closed you can't see me anyway if you have not been born again if you have not submitted your will your life to Christ I want you to do that tonight you know that's the greatest miracle we're going to be talking about miracles and healings in this series but the greatest miracle that can ever take place on the face of the earth is someone being born again. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you, if you've never been born again, if you haven't been saved, and you want to receive Christ tonight, you say, Brandon, I want to confess my sins, repent of my sins, and accept God's free gift of salvation. I want you to just slip up your hand if that's you tonight. Slip up your hand. Let me see your hand if that's you. I see your hands right here in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Praise God. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray right now with, with these that have lifted up your hands. Those that lifted up your hands uh, tonight, y'all pray with me. If you believe this in your heart, and pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. 
Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for making a way for me to come into your kingdom, to come into your presence, and to come into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I thank you for saving me, Lord. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hey, y'all two, look up at me. If y'all don't mind, before y'all leave, can y'all come up? I want to talk to y'all and pray with y'all, get some information with y'all. Praise God. Hey, listen. Come on, give God glory. Amen. Come on. We have new brothers and sisters in Christ. Hey, listen, as we close tonight, um, Cassie and, 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 and Kelly, brother, friends, if y'all want to come up here, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you say, hey, you know what, Brandon, I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've never prayed in tongues, but I would like to. It's something I desire. I want to know more. I want to learn more. Um, as we close down, I want you to come up. Let us pray for you. Let us pray with you. Or if you need prayer for anything else, we'll be up here uh, to pray with you. We love y'all. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening.